Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Tuesday, November 28th. Transgressive Chesed. Today's scripture reading is found in Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, from the Message Translation, which reads, Once upon a time, it was back in the days when judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land. A man from Bethlehem in Judah left home to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. His sons were named Malan and Kilian, all Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They all went to the country of Moab and settled there. Elimelech died, and Naomi was left, she and her two sons. The sons took Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpah, the second Ruth. They lived there in Moab for the next ten years. But then the two brothers, Malan and Kilion, died. Now the woman was left without either her young men or her husband. This is God's Word. Tamar, Rachav, Ruth, Bathsheba, Miriam. Help us not to brush by them or their stories, no matter how unsavory or scandalous the details at times, as they frequently weathered the abuse and domination of an all-too-heavy and abusive male hand, rising up as true mothers in Israel, rising to rock the cradle of the world. This is what we've been praying now for the past few weeks, and just as it so fittingly applies to the stories of Tamar and Rahab, so it does with Ruth. For she and her mother-in-law Naomi, they too had to weather the abuse and domination of an all too often heavy and abusive male hand. To live as a woman in the world at large, no matter how much we might think our little corner of the world is an exception, is to live with the deck stacked against you. And this was true of the world of all five of these women from Matthew's opening genealogy, from Tamar to Mary of Nazareth. Uni P. Lee, in the Women's Bible Commentary, observes that the Book of Ruth is a story that on the surface reads like an idyll. And it is often heralded, she writes, as a model short story, as it moves compellingly through various scenes before reaching the climax and denouement. Lee's overall point is that as Rafiki pleads with Simba and the Lion King, we need to look harder. She continues, Ruth is a masterful literary composition meant both to delight and to provide a model of faithfulness. It witnesses not only to divine chesed, covenantal faithfulness, but especially to human acts of chesed that are transgressive. That is, they defy convention and cross-cultural boundaries and go beyond the requirements of Torah to ensure the preservation of a family and, by extension, the flourishing of a nation. In so doing, the book commends an inclusive attitude towards outsiders, challenging both personal and communal constructions of identity and otherness. Indeed, it functions as an important counterpoint to those biblical texts 
that are not so hospitably disposed to the other. End of quote. Transgressive chesed. Transgressive covenantal faithfulness, defying convention and crossing cultural boundaries to ensure survival of a family or even of a people. That's actually a predominant theme in all three stories of Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth. Each involves these women in their own way deftly navigating a world dominated by that all-too-often heavy male hand, until in the last story of Mary of Nazareth we see God doing his own deft navigation of that world in the transgressive chesed of a scandalous and unbelievable virgin birth by which he did more than preserve a family or even a people, but through which he saved the entire world of humanity. God's covenantal faithfulness, a.k.a. his chesed, a.k.a. his love, is like that. It is transgressive, fundamentally, intrinsically. Witness Jesus. And yes, witness his distant grandmother, Ruth. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder. The love of God equals transgressive, covenantal faithfulness that often defies convention and crosses cultural bounds even as it seems to fly in the face of Scripture, or at least the traditional interpretation of Scripture. How comfortable are you with this definition? How do you see it at work in the story of Ruth? How do you see it at play in the work of her greatest progeny, Jesus of Nazareth? How are you being challenged to give it more play in this season of your life? Lord, how easy it is to stop at the headline featuring in biblical lore too often manly men dominating the show. Lead me beyond such headlines writ large and bold to the hidden figures in the byline, in the fine print, without whom the story would never have been told, nor we here to tell it, nor to hear it, nor to live it. Tamar, Rachav, Ruth, Bathsheba, Miriam. Help me not to brush by them or their stories, no matter how unsavory or scandalous the details at times, as they frequently weathered the abuse and domination of an all-too-heavy and abusive male hand rising up as true mothers in Israel, rising to rock the cradle of the world, the new heavens and the new earth in which justice and mercy meet through the one born in Bethlehem on one starry, starry night. Through your mercies. <laughs>